In another drama-filled week here in Milwaukee, we had another group of protesters. Yes, completely different from the other hundreds of protesters that have protested all different things throughout 2020. The reason? The drama from reopening schools. All sorts of drama regarding when and how schools can reopen in the city of Milwaukee, along with a very contentious six-month review of the Milwaukee Police Department. And are federal agents coming to Milwaukee? I don't see any violence, but I'll tell you why it's probably not likely. That's all coming up right now on the Our City, Our Life, Our Milwaukee podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Our City, Our Life, Our Milwaukee podcast. As always, my name is Luke Orozco. Uh, I do apologize. Another list here because now there are school opening and school closing protests. Good grief. <laughs> okay, but first, I wanted to talk about this because uh, I, the, the city of Milwaukee, uh, there was a Journal Sentinel story that broke on Friday that basically pointed the finger at the city of Milwaukee that they kind of tweaked some rules and it looked like shady business and they were keeping schools in the dark and yada, yada, yada. However, basically the gist of it is they said no schools, whether private, public, no matter what they did, could reopen within the city of Milwaukee under phase four, which is where the current phase of reopening that we are right now, uh, it would have to be till phase five, which at this rate is not going to be here anytime soon. <laughs> so that ticked a lot of people off, including me, <laughs> including me. Now, I was going to come on here and give you my two cents on the matter. Turns out I don't have to do that because yet on Tuesday, uh, they did in fact change it and they are expected to issue a new order, which basically allows any school that has a city approved, city approved, modified reopening plan can in fact open their doors for in-person classes and they focus on you know density and masks and hand sanitizers and all the things that you would think that they worry about however this is what i want to say i like that order a lot better i like the order where schools can open and the biggest reason for this is because i think not one size fits all in this scenario uh, if you look at the reopening plans on some of these private schools websites on their public website go look at Marquette University. Go look at Wisconsin Lutheran High School. Go look at DSHA. Go look at Marquette High. I mean, they have very extensive on their public website, very extensive multi, I mean, it's like a book of reopening guidelines and what to do if this happens and what to do if that happens. They spent a lot of time putting into that, trying to make that, nonetheless, typing that all out on their website. They have thought it through, at least it seems on the outside. And there, there are, and additionally, there's all different schools here and not only have some some schools plan for reopening and put effort into their reopening plans but some are just in different situations marquette university is the biggest one in the fall or in the in the spring i was told they were in big financial trouble uh they were they were trying to keep their head above water if you know what i mean uh but now they are a journal settle had an article as well that they're expecting if and when they do have to close reclose down now after the order changed that they are expecting billions of dollars lost in in money that affects teachers that affects dorms that affects programs that affects just about everything you can that is a lot of money at stake same with other private schools parents if you're a parent if you're paying for your kid to go to a private school you're paying whatever the fee is whatever the tuition is and suddenly they're like sorry uh the city of milwaukee we put all this effort in what the city of milwaukee restricted us uh so now you'll pay the same amount for zoom uh, uh, no, 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 people, people don't like that. I mean, I think everyone agrees virtual classes are off. <laughs> I think everyone agrees with that. Um, and finally, there is the opposite. The flip side of that is there are some schools uh, that cannot or, and, or do not have the right facilities, do not have the right structure, do not have the right layouts, do not have the 
type buildings, do not have the space, do not have the large amount of students, uh, and, and cannot reopen in a safe way. Again, I'm not saying throw everyone to the lions here, but I'm also not saying let's run out of the Coliseum. Let's try to poke the lion as much as we can without having him attack us and eat us. Lion being the virus here. Because in general, I, I'm against schools staying closed, especially if it's mandated by the government. MPS is an example, and I'm going to touch on them later. But MPS looked at themselves, looked in the mirror, and said, "I don't think we, I don't think we have the capability to do this right now." That's fine by me. If a school makes that decision, the school makes its decision. But the minute you put it in the government's hand, again, the government ain't involved in this. I know government doesn't go to the school. The government isn't in those classrooms. The government isn't teaching those classes. And a lot of these schools have, are at all different stages in their reopening. Some aren't uncomfortable reopening. Some can't reopen. Some have reopened. Some want to reopen. So you, you, you just one size doesn't fit all. You have to let the schools make their decision how they want to make their decision. And I know that's controversial. One thing, though, I do also that gets missed in this is two things. Number one, school is kids' lives. I think, I mean, Fauci said this. A couple days ago, I, I think it's pretty obvious uh, when you were in school, when I was in school, kids now in school that are in school, school is those kids' lives. <laughs> that is the biggest chunk of their life. They, their friends are from school. They see their friends at school. They go to school-related activities. They have clubs and extracurriculars and all that based from their school. They go to school sports. They get they work out at school. They tell stories about school. School is their life. And again, when you think of the teenage mind right now, what comes to mind? Do you think, I mean, teenagers, as we know, what's the word for it? Not very unstable, not in any fault of their own. It's just biology, a lot of hormones, a lot of uh, maturing, a lot of, you know, the brain isn't fully developed. And, and, and you want to even complicate that more by just screwing with their lives even more again there are some health concerns you have to balance it but running from the problem completely i don't know if that is the if that is the right answer let's try to manage it number two is mbs i think is going to fall victim to this is they have had a three phase reopening meaning what you know right now they're going to go virtual and then down the road they're going to go hybrid and then eventually if the virus allows or the statistics allow or however they figure that out who knows then they'll go fully in person a lot of schools are doing this and i think it's a wrong move because do you <laughs> Does anyone really think the virus is going to be better in November? There's a reason they call it flu season because the flu, a virus, a virus similar to Corona is spreading everywhere. Everyone's got the flu. Nonetheless, the Corona. I mean, let's just remember here that the winter, the flu season, the fall, I don't think many people are saying, well, I think it's probably going to go. It's going to be done by October. Eh, I don't know. So I think if you, I don't think MBS is ever going to get to phase two. I don't think they're going to get ever to get phase three because if they're not opening now in this scenario, I don't think it's going to get any better. I think it's only going to get worse. Maybe in the spring they open. I don't know. I just think I think you you go now and you wait to get shut down instead of the other way. But who knows? It's again, it's a complicated issue. All right, that's my that's my two cents on that. I want to shift topics to the uh, Alfonso Morales, Milwaukee Police Chief, uh, public. Uh, beatdown, we'll call it. It was a beatdown on Monday because he met with his for his six month evaluation, six month status update, whatever you want to call it, with his boss or his committee of bosses, which is the Police and Fire Commission, Milwaukee Police and Fire Commission. It's the oversight board of the police department and the fire department, and they had a tall task for him to do. Uh, I would not want to be in his shoes right now. The one things I I, I do want to say is is I think this incident and some other things are are, are the reason why some of these problems, some of these police discipline issues and police reform issues have never really come into 
sparked into flourishing and have kind of just stayed where, where they are, have never really made any progress. Because this is my first takeaway. Number one, there was a massive power struggle on Monday. I mean, there were four different people having press conferences, all taking shots at each other. I mean, you had the chief, the police chief, Morales, reported to his committee of bosses. Well, the Milwaukee Police Association, which never heard of them, apparently were now saying that the Police and Fire Commission was a bunch of, uh, their, their executive director was a, a violation of ethics and was a bad guy and should not be leading and yada, yada, yada. Then you had the city, uh, the, the common council half some support him half were calling for his job they appoint the commission uh then you got morales has got a lawyer and then he controls the police department and then i mean it's just a power struggle uh, i don't know how anything gets done in there but number two is i think we have to remember something because remember in early june remember when uh, everything was kind of could be and would be uh, deemed uh racist is, is not a bit not a right word for that lack of a better term racist but just everything was on edge everything people were digging up things on people things are looking at social media we were learning that the syrup that we all use has ties to racism. We were learning all sorts of things. And whether for good or for bad, it was being brought to everyone's attention. And it, and it seemed like everyone kind of needed, especially if you were a leader, especially if you were a mayor, especially if you were a governor, especially if you were the president, you, you, you kind of needed your own, and everyone for that matter, needed their own kind of personal uh, public relations secretary. Someone that could kind of look at this and say, okay, this that you're going to post on Twitter here might be deemed controversial, might be deemed, might label you as something, right? Label you as not what you want to be labeled as. And this is where I, I think it correlates heavy to Morales and the police department in general. Now, I'm not calling for Morales' job, but as a chief, as a leader of the Milwaukee Police Department, he did not read the room. Everybody had the right uh, had the right public statement. Everyone was trying to make the right public statement, and some did better than others. <laughs> Let's admit that. But everything was being criticized. Everything was under the microscope. And Morales and his department had some struggle, struggle reading the room and making those decisions. He said, at one point, he said that Milwaukeeans have nothing to be upset about. Their police department has done, you know, everything right. That's not true. Uh, their Twitter was tweeting out, I mean, it was almost comical, the things they were tweeting out, blaming the police, the common council and the police department for all different things. I mean, it, it, ridiculous. Uh, it, it was basically a bad PR. It was bad PR. And if you, as the leader of that police department, especially when police are even, even more under the microscope than everyone else, can't make out a good couple public statements, can't put out a good tweet, can't put out a we stand with you, can't put out the dumb, the dumb whether for right or for wrong, whether you believe it or it's a PR stunt, the same message that everyone was tweeting, and you can't do that, and then you turn it around and start blaming other people, yikes, that just does not send the sign of a leader to me, because if you can't even do that, if you can't even tell your PR Twitter people to put out a, 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 a one of the most basic statements you can make, how are you supposed to lead this department and just in any department uh, in these controversial terms or in these controversial times? I don't know. And are we, some of the, I mean, there are reasons that the police department got defensive. And I think one of the big thing is the nar narrative shift way too far to one side because everyone was evil. Every police officer was evil. They were, they want to kill people. They hate black people. I, I mean, it was so far to the left that everyone, all cops were bad. That was trending on Twitter. I mean, it's ridiculous, but if, you know, if you had the badge, you were an evil son of a gun. I mean, okay. So there is the reason to get a little defensive about that. But nevertheless, as a leader, you have to kind of bite the bullet. You have to kind of make the right statement. And if you can't do that, 
I don't know how good of a leader you are going to be, especially when now you have the real problems to deal with. So who knows? Again, not saying he got a long list of tasks. Uh, Flynn, the last chief, got the same <laughs> list of tasks with the same threat, and he was you know, dismissed, fired, quit within the next year. So common council's already after, you know, calling for his firings. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's all I'm saying is you can't make a PR statement. If you can't make a right PR statement, can you really fix this department? Can you really fix policing in the city of Milwaukee? I don't know. All right, two rapid fire topics because we are running out of time here fast. Uh, number one, the Contour Building. This is going to be the third high rise, modern high rise in the city of Milwaukee. I do, in fact, I am looking for. I was excited when I saw the news that the Contour got a uh, financing and was moving in the right step to begin construction. Number one, because I've already said it, I like tourism, like development, <laughs> like good things. But number two is, which is bigger, uh, is the is that building, the Contour building, is going to host, or going to, yeah, basically host, the Hop Terminal. The Hop Transit Terminal. Meaning, Hop haters, your days are limited. <laughs> because once this building gets up, and the city of Milwaukee has made it known, once this building gets up and there is a terminal where people can get on from one hop to the other and one track to the other, the city can now make the three other remaining hop loops. And there are a couple of a couple of uh, long loops. There's no longer a worthless circle. They are going to have one into Walker's Point. They're going to have one into Bronzeville. They're going to have one to the lakefront. Um, they're going to have one, an extension of the of the current one to the Pfizer and the Deer District. Again, very touristy right now. But if, again, it goes well, if it goes well, and people start embracing this instead of debracing this. Maybe we can get ourselves a real public transportation system, which, which, as I've said on this podcast before, is the access to transportation as an individual's greatest uh, factor in his ability, in their ability to escape, escape poverty. That's fact, as I've said before on this podcast. Hop yay, hop haters. I'm sorry, <laughs> your days are limited. The worthless loop circle that is the hop right now will soon be replaced uh, by something much more complex and much more uh, worthwhile. All right, last thing I want to talk about is the federal troops to Milwaukee controversy. I guess it's a controversy. I don't, I don't exactly know. Um, anyway, I had not heard anything about this. It was suddenly trending on Twitter, and people were all worked up, and I said, what on God's green earth is happening? Apparently, someone in the Trump administration convinced somebody else that the, uh, the administration could possibly send federal agents, police forces, soldiers, American soldiers, into these cities, into the city of Milwaukee, along with other cities in Portland and Chicago and whatnot, because, you know, <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> and it's, it was, it's all violent and, it's, and destruction, and there's got to be order in these, these, <laughs> these darn democratic cities can never get their act under control. Uh, I, I, what? <laughs> I mean, where do you see violence? I mean, have I seriously been living under a rock? I don't see any violence. Uh, there hasn't been any violence. Let me just put it at that. I no one's reporting about any violence. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not everywhere at the time, but uh, you don't don't see much violence. And second of all, I don't think this is going to happen. I think this is just another political stunt. Milwaukee gets thrown into the news. Uh, all the Trump supporters never heard of Milwaukee, never live never live in Milwaukee, uh, and think you know the only time they hear about Milwaukee is in a bad sense when it's on the you know it's the most segregated list and it's on the most dangerous city list, and they think oh yep yep <laughs> makes sense you know. Democratic city, always dangerous, always segregated. You know, it's, there's probably violence there. There's probably destruction there, yada, yada, yada. So, again, it plays up perfect. It's a, just a political stunt. I mean, I, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, again, if they come here, what are they going to do? <laughs> I mean, arrest a guy without his mask on? I mean, that's just about all the illegal activity that we have here on the streets. So, 
I, I think it's ridiculous that we're even that we're wasting our time with this. But nevertheless, I don't really think it's a big deal. I think it's all a political stunt. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe it will. I, I could be wrong, but I my gut is it's not happening. So that's it. I mean, 2020, am I right? Good Lord. <laughs> all right, that is all we have for you today here on the Our City, Our Life, Our Milwaukee podcast. Uh, before I go, I need to shout out the city of Wauwatosa and anybody involved in the city of Wauwatosa Skate Park. Because skate parks, if you have not been, I encourage you to go to a skate park, especially the one in Wauwatosa because it is fantastic. The one in the Tosa Village, I went with a couple of friends of mine last week. It was a beautiful day. We sat under the shade, uh, uh, in the shade, and... We had a grand old time. The vibe in that place, the just the just attracts you. Just you want to be there. I'm not even into skateboarding, and I wanted to be into skateboarding just so I could talk with, just so I could hang out, just so I could be at that skate park. It is really cool. It is fantastically cool. If I ever become mayor, that's the first thing I do. It is like a melting pot of personalities of people. I mean, there is male and female, and there was a there was a kid that looked like like we was like three, and there was an also like a thirty five year old there was there. I mean, every race, every gender, every hair color, every eye color. I mean, just about it was just a total melting pot. It was pretty packed. There was a lot of people. We were talking to some people. We were we didn't have a skateboard, so we couldn't really you know skate. But nevertheless, fantastic. Love that place. Lo- love the vibe around it and again skate parks fantastic vibrant mayor that's the first thing i do first thing i do love skate parks so good job Wawatosa. good good job all right that is truly all we have for you today uh if you uh have not please rate review subscribe do whatever you have to do that really helps us out here uh we'll be back next week uh next wednesday for more until then my name is Luke roscoe we'll see you next time here on the rcdr life our milwaukee podcast peace <laughs>